Thank you for joining us on today's episode of the Overcoming Monday podcast, where we provide you with little secrets for your big breakthrough. In each episode, we'll hear from writer, speaker, mom, and pastor's wife, Shari King, as she invites you into conversations with some of her favorite people who are talking about the issues that matter most to you. Overcoming Monday is a podcast designed to enhance your emotional and spiritual health. Our mission is to help you understand yourself, the people you love, and the world around you so that you can win where it matters most. Now let's get started with an introduction to the episode. So we're going to laugh a lot in this episode because I've already cracked myself up 15 times because my friends Carl and Heather are here. We lived together in North Carolina for a few years. I'm so glad you guys are here with me today. It's good to be here. Thank you, Shari. On this Overcoming Monday episode, in case you guys didn't know, Carl and Heather, we are here to give people little secrets for their big breakthrough. And today we're talking about how to love your man in marriage. And the reason why I wanted to have you guys in is because we've been friends for over 20 years Mm -hmm. and we've just lived life together. We've done ministry together. We watch our kids grow up together. Um, And I've just loved being friends with you guys, first of all, but I love your watching your marriage from the outside. Obviously I'm not on the inside, but um, also Carl is a worship leader. I've seen him lead worship for a long time and Heather, you weren't originally doing it leading worship with him in the beginning, but now you do that with him as well. But you are also a Mary Kay director, Mm -hmm. like superpower Mary Kay director. (laughs) And um, you guys have a program called the Fellowship Worship Residency where you pour into other worship leaders, um, songwriters, and you want to help them reach their potential and just really worship the Lord in a powerful way. Carl, you're a dad and a husband, Obviously, you're a wife and a mom, Heather, um, and you guys are living in Nashville right now. Mm-hmm. And um, the two things that impress me most about you guys are that you have the faith to follow. I believe I've watched you long enough to see that you follow God wherever He leads. And I love that you seem to bring joy and encouragement to the people that are around you. I see that all the time. Thank and you. That's a very big compliment. Yeah. I mean, even your faces alone have smiles on them most of the time. And so, um, I just wanted to bring you guys in because I know that my audience on overcoming Monday will love getting to meet you guys. Well, I'm excited to meet the overcoming Monday audience. Yes. (laughs) Yep. So if you guys will just, I know that I just told them what you guys do overall, but sometimes it's easier for us to explain what our lives are like. So if you guys just want to Tell a little bit about yourself and what you do. That would be great. Yeah, well, Heather and I will have been married for 20 years in September of this year. And uh, we mm-hmm. are we're the parents of four sons. Mm-hmm. We have Oak, who's 12, Ezra, who's 10, Abe, who's 9, and Ike, who's 7. And um, a lot of our life ends up being, you know, making cereal and cleaning up messes mm-hmm. and uh, wrestling <laughs> with those boys. Mm-hmm. Uh Heather um, and I live in Franklin, Tennessee, uh, which is right outside of Nashville, uh, where I serve on the staff of Fellowship Bible Church. And my, my main role there is to lead the Fellowship Worship Residency, which is like a year-long training program uh, where worship leaders move to Nashville uh, to be a part of our church and go through a curriculum uh, that um, me and my team of folks have helped to write. And then Heather uh, is um, busy with Mary Kay. Uh, she homeschools the boys. Um, does a lot of um, great work in our community, um, mentoring several women at a time. We got a busy life, but it's mm. awesome. Full. Yeah. yeah. 
mm-hmm. full life. And yeah. you guys are always, man, I feel like every time I go somewhere, people know you yeah. um, because you're involved in people's lives. And mm-hmm. that's what I love is that you come in, you get involved, mm-hmm. people know you, you know them, and mm-hmm. there's this trust that you guys are able to build with people that I think is really beautiful. That's because Heather is so nice. <laughs> She's extremely nice. And, and you're not nice, girl. Well, I'm <laughs> nice, but I'm, I'm, you know. Yeah, well, you're complimenting I, Heather. Not as nice as her. No, I think one of the things that like has helped us just with in general with our lives is that somebody told us early on that like um, that we you know always value people over things, mm-hmm. and so if we get a chance to like have somebody live with us for a little bit or Mm -hmm. pour into somebody in this way that like, that's always going to pay off more than collecting a new thing. Not that things are bad, but just Mm -hmm. that, you know, that's been kind of a, something that we've had as a benchmark for our family. Mm -hmm. Hopefully we'll keep that. And you guys have had a lot of musicians coming to Nashville wanting to make it living with you. <laughs> yeah, that's kind we should of a start maybe like doing like Airbnb. Yeah, yeah, thing, for sure, for musicians. Yeah. Well, if they're willing to live with y'all and your four boys, that's I right. guess they like. <laughs> right. It, it comes is, at a cost. It yeah. It's not. It's not Big free cost. rent. It's yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. It's across the hall see. from the boys is mm-hmm. uh, is an is experience. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Well, your boys are awesome, but they're also super different and <laughs> lots of energy. I have two boys. Hello. Yeah. They just they're have energy. Different. Yeah. Yep. Um, and they like to take their shirts off quite often. Yep. Lots I feel of- like when I look at your feed, they're always there with their shirts off. Uh-huh. It's always. more about, Hey, let's put a shirt on so we can go somewhere. Yep. It's <laughs> like, Yep. Yeah. So well, that's good. Well, um, I wanted to ask you guys kind of a fun question um, so that my listeners can kind of get to know you a little bit more than what you do and uh, your children. But when you were a kid, each of you, what were you really into? What would you say when you have a memory looking back? What did you love? You know, for me, I would have to say from when I was a little kid, one of my best memories, and this is probably because of my dad, but I love to play ball, softball. And I don't know that I would have naturally been inclined to that, but I'm one of three girls. Mm-hmm. And so I think my dad just have a, had to have a son in there mm-hmm. some way. And so he decided when I was really little that he would coach uh, a ball, like a league ball team for mm-hmm. like young, young girls to help teach us the basics. And so... The fun part was is that we got to – I played that, and then I played all through school and high school and just one year in college. And um, it was funny because of my very first team. I can't even remember how little I was, but very little. Like, we're having trouble holding the bats, that kind of thing. And we got to pick our name, and we decided that we wanted to be called the Magical Unicorns. <laughs> and so our jerseys had like a – <laughs> I feel like it's circled back now. Yeah. That's a super popular name now. But yep. we had like a red unicorn on our shirt. Mm. And that first season, we won only um, one game, and it was because the other team didn't have enough players show up. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun. I loved it, doing it. So, yeah, that's me. When I think of girls being magical unicorns, I think of, because we're doing camp right now, so I think of those girls that stick um, paper towel things in their hair, and they, mm-hmm. like, spray paint their hair and make it go mm-hmm. up really yeah. high on their yeah. heads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a girl unicorn. That's right. So what about you, Carl? You know, I mean, I was that kid. Like, I've, I've, I don't have a memory of like even when I was a little where I wasn't obsessed with music. Like, mm. that's just like string instruments, keyboards, drums. I just ever since I was a little kid. I mean, I liked sports kind of schmear, but like, <laughs> like kind of schmear. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, which is a little bit more than like okay, but mm-hmm. you know, but like, I mean, music has always been, and even you know, it's it's my it's my main. My main passion as far as like what I'm into, what I like. Well, your family is full of musicians. Yeah, right. My my grandparents were singers, uh, you know, so my mom grew up singing. My dad um, was like, 
early on, like in his early life, got uh, obsessed with bluegrass music and and like uh, instruments like banjos and mandolins and fiddles. And so, like I remember always having a house full of guitars, which and I thought everybody had that. So I go to my friend's house and be like, "Where y'all's guitars at?" <laughs> and no one, you know, no <laughs> like assuming everyone yeah, has guitars. Like, no, nobody had that. It, mm-hmm. But I, I mean, so still, like I'm I'm happiest with a house with a house full of instruments. You know that can. Mm-hmm. That can make music. Yep. Clayton used to play all the time. We still have guitars everywhere. But yeah. I think he's just kind of phased out of it. And now he's nervous to like pick it back up. And mm-hmm. he just says, I don't really know songs now. I wish he would just pull it out. The boys every now and then will say, yeah. Daddy, will you get your guitar out? Mm-hmm. And there's some kind of hesitation. So I think maybe you know. I don't Clayton, know. this is my word to I you. Know. Pick that thing up. It's I like know. riding a bike. You can do it. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I tried to learn to play guitar. And I could probably play some keys now but every time I would switch I gave up on the switching in between the like when you have to switch chords and the song yeah. stops and everybody's looking at you yeah. and you're like oh, <laughs> yeah. the pressure I can't take moment. this pressure yeah. Um, yeah. and so anyway plus I figured out that the guitar I bought was from Romania so apparently the the chords weren't quite on and the strings were so far off the bridge that oh, I was yeah. like killing my fingers to try mm-hmm. to get them to press down Clayton told me that it was mm-hmm. Apparent it was twenty six dollars there. I thought this is a good deal. What a deal! Um, <laughs> there was a reason and, for that. Until yeah. so my fingers started. Yeah, what you pay for are those Romanian guitars? <laughs> so, but someone sucker bought it from me here mm. for twenty five dollars. I guess there you go. That's a good deal. One dollar. The use of a guitar for one dollar. Yeah, That's awesome. <laughs> yep. So, um, Carl, will you tell us a little bit because we're talking about marriage and how women can support their guy in marriage. Will you tell us just briefly how you guys met? Yes, Heather and I met when we were in college at Gardner mm-hmm. Webb University, and I was playing a lot of music already, and I was a music major, and I had to be in a choir as part of my major, and so I was in this um, this did choir. Did you have to wear a robe? Uh, sometimes, yeah, I believe yeah. we did. Yeah, we had to wear robes. <laughs> Those were nice. I, just, yeah. I wore mine all the time, though. It was yeah. very comfortable. <laughs> Um, like Harry Potter. <laughs> but so I was in that choir, and then Heather uh, showed up in that choir when she was. Uh, did I meet you as a, a freshman? Sophomore. Or when she sophomore. was a sophomore, mm-hmm. Heather. Yeah. Heather took that choir, and I was like, "Welcome to choir." <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to choir. My name is Carl. Let's both wear robes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we we met there, and um, you know, awesome story. But Heather was roommates with Clayton's old girlfriend. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so exciting. And and so up. I knew that I mean that's where I met Clayton and that's where, you know, I mean, I we were all this. in the garden I web. Tell this part. You know. yes. But the original plan was because they were no longer dating, was mm-hmm. for me to set up my roommate with Carl. Mm. And I thought, well we'll set them up and that'll you know, she's nice, he's nice, that'll work. I like him. Mm-hmm. I was kinda dating a guy, played soccer player. Um and so, but it ended up not working out because she met another guy and then like all of a sudden was into this guy, but we had already set up a time at Carlson's. It was crazy. And so we ended up going over for dinner and I thought, well, she's not going to be into him. I think I'm kind of into him. <laughs> that's, that's right. And so that was it. Yeah. The yeah. rest is history. And then we got, you know, we got married mm-hmm. a yep. few years later. Yep. Good things. Uh, good thing nothing worked out between all. Right. Of them. Yeah, I know, right? Thank I mean, God we all got matched with the right person. Yeah, yep. it's so good. It's like mm-hmm. a Garth Brooks song all of a sudden. Yeah, so true. Well, I know that when I first came to camp, 
everyone knew his past girlfriend. I was the newbie. <laughs> and I'm That's telling you, that is intimidating yeah. when everybody's like, I kind of th- thought they would get back together and they should be together. And I'm like, hi. Hi. Yeah, that's No, awkward. I don't know any mm-hmm. of you. Yeah. Um, but it all you, worked uh, out. You, you, had, you had the right stuff, Shari. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I knew you'd be around for a while. That was meant to be. Thanks, yeah. guys. Mm-hmm. Well, Heather, and speaking of encouragement, while mm-hmm. you're encouraging me, um, Seriously, you light people's faces up. Mm. I remember when you, just because you're awesome, I decided that I would try to do Mary Kay, but that wasn't really for me. <laughs> but your big smile made me want to do it. Um, but you just, when you teach a class, when you're around people, even on stage when you help mm. lead worship, you just light up. And yes. I love that about you. And I believe that one of your gifts to Carl is encouraging him he's encouraged you as well but Mm -hmm. what would you say as a wife is your perspective in building him up first of all and then what are some practical ways Mm -hmm. that you try to build up your husband yeah well I mean first of all I think for for our relationship something that I've learned because you know you're married 20 years hopefully you've learned something Mm -hmm. and so for me I think it's taking a step back and looking at like relationships around me, uh, my friends and even just people that I see. And I feel like maybe as a wife, the area we're kind of missing the boat in is encouraging our spouses. And some of that's just because we're, we live with them every Mm -hmm. day and same with our kids, but particularly with our spouses that we're like, you know what, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be anything for me. If you, as my friend came up to me and said, Hey, I'm struggling with this. Will you pray for me? Mm -hmm. I would say, absolutely. I'll drop what I'm going to do. But how often do we do that for our husbands? Mm -hmm. You know? And, um, I mean, if we're pouring into anybody, we need to be pouring into them. Mm-hmm. Um, but real practically, I think not not always, but you know, you guys are probably familiar with the Five Love Languages book, and that was something that has really helped us through the years, kind of figure out how we can communicate best with each other, particularly mm-hmm. in the area of like the way we love each other best. And we don't have the same love language, mm-hmm. but I realized that a lot of men that I know, and especially my husband, um, words of affirmation mm-hmm. are huge. And so, from a practical standpoint. I not only have to, for him, because I'm also married to a wordsmith, mm-hmm. and that is not necessarily my gift. So you're using scared. my words. It's, it's intimidating. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it can be really intimidating, but what I have to do is be careful with my words. So like telling him, you're great, you're awesome, is, is I mean, that's fine and all, you know, it's fine and well, but that's not real specific. So what do I love about him? I love that he's a provider. I love that he pursues the Lord. I love that he's a great dad to our kids. Um, so choosing my words and then I try to do it just in different ways. So like I'll, um, we work out at a gym together and some days he'll meet a friend there. And so I'll like leave a note on his car that morning before, if we have different times or I'll drop a note, drop by his office when he's not there Mm -hmm. and leave a note for him there. Or I'll send him a, um, you know, send him a text or put something in his, I've put stuff in his uh, bag if he's going on a trip that I'm not going to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And it's words. It's not a, you know, I love gifts. So I would think, oh, I need to give him a gift, but he doesn't want a gift right. unless it's a guitar, right? Yeah. I'm right about that, right? Or some strings. <laughs> yes. Expensive gift. But no, just from a real practical standpoint, I mean, those are some of the ways that I like try to encourage him and pour him into him. Um, especially on days where I feel like um, he might be discouraged because mm-hmm. of whatever else is happening you know, in our lives mm-hmm. that he might need some extra encouragement because, um, I get to set, I found that like he, he's the leader of our family, but I get to set the emotional tone for our family. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I can set that pretty quickly for him, especially on a day where I know that he's been discouraged. Um, you know, so that's kind of how, that's kind of how I do that. 
That's good, Heather. I know that um, when I found out that Clayton's one was words of affirmation, his love language, I was terrified Mm -hmm. because he's so good with words. Mm -hmm. On our wedding day, he didn't even write his vows. (laughs) And they sounded better than mine (laughs) that I had spent draft after draft. And then he's like, okay, let me tell you everything. And Mm -hmm. it just sounded so much better. And I thought to myself, how could I ever tell him something that matters or Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. seems like that it would be good enough for him? Mm -hmm. And so I was intimidated by it. Mm -hmm. But I think what you just said basically is it's not about saying how great they are. It's Mm -hmm. about noticing who they are. And it's about noticing what they're doing. And it's about asking them how they're doing. And just in the middle of all of that, finding the things that you love Mm -hmm. or that you can speak... um, affirmation into yeah mm-hmm. like yeah. i see that you're sure. working hard to provide i see that you're interacting with our kids and i'm proud of you for that right. for taking time mm-hmm. i see this you know and that noticing that mm-hmm. makes them feel like you that they are noticed mm-hmm. and yeah. then speaking you don't just watch it you speak out what you're seeing mm-hmm. into their lives so that they absorb that and feel like a better man yeah, yeah. Uh, it's also understanding that, you know, a person who has a, you know, words of affirmation, um, you know, kind of bent to their personality is, um, is, is listening, you know, um, you listen, you listen a lot and it, it's not just the, the kind of words like the, whether they're flowery or eloquent or seem like, you know, mm-hmm. but it, it's not only the words, but it's the value of the words and who is saying them. So mm-hmm. like Heather's words carried ton of weight with me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If Heather called, you know, if Heather calls me to say how much she loves me, you know, it carries a ton of weight for me. If she called me an idiot, mm-hmm. carries a ton of weight with me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which she's ne- never done, thankfully, at least out loud. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, but so like, it's not, it's, I mean, the words matter but so does the messenger and like that, that, that the, the weight that that person carries in my, in my own life mm-hmm. has a, and Heather, there's nobody that carries more weight than Heather as far as like, you know, I've, I'm in with her hundred percent. Like she's my wife. Like I'm, yeah. I'm not closer to anybody else in this whole world. Uh, you know, the people I work with or, you know, people that I've, and then, you know, ministry partnerships with those people are great. I love them, but there, no words matter more to me than, than the ones Heather says. Right. And I think, so when I married Clayton, I used to, or even when we were dating, mm-hmm. I used to see people tell him how great his sermon was, mm-hmm. how this was great, how he changed their lives. You yeah. know? And so how, as a wife, do you feel like your words can, I mean, I'm not going up to him saying, you changed my life today <laughs> when you washed the dishes, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, but what I did learn from him was that my words carried more weight than all of those people's words, but I was scared that they didn't. Mm -hmm. And so, and because I didn't believe that they did, I didn't know how to say the things that I Mm -hmm. wanted to say. But once I started saying them, Mm -hmm. he was receiving them and I saw that. So I think that sometimes we don't believe our words can carry weight in our spouse's lives until we actually start using them in the right way rather Mm -hmm. than in the, why didn't you do this? Or we're quicker, I think, to say what we're bothered by. Oh, yeah. 
Mm -hmm. than what we're encouraged by. And so I think if we can change those words to carry positive weight, we'll Mm -hmm. see the positive change. Or we'll just not, I'm not even talking about change. I'm just talking about we'll see our words affect our husbands. Right. Well, and I think because you live with that person, it's really easy um, to just think, because I'm not a words person. So like I'm a little bit different probably than your average female in that I don't, I I mean, I'm living in a house with all males Mm -hmm. and I don't use a lot of words. Mm -hmm. Whereas some of, when I get together with my girlfriend, sometimes at the end of the day, I feel like I don't have any words left Mm because we have talked a lot. We don't do that. And so I think it's, it's two things. It's like what you said, if you're not used to doing that, I didn't come from a family that was a very like, they weren't verbally, they, they were affirming, but they were few and far between, mm-hmm. particularly for my dad. Mm-hmm. And when he affirmed me, it meant a lot. But I think, so for me, it's a muscle I have to exercise yeah. and be intentional and think through and realize that um, to know that it doesn't have to be what, what I know or what's comfortable for me. But that, like I said, too, that I choose what I say. It's not, um, you know, just something fluffy and real generic that it's real specific to something that I see in him. Yeah, I love that. So Carl, what would you say in marriage that Heather has taught you most about yourself? Well, that's very easy for me to answer. Mm -hmm. Like Heather is uh, one of the most um, capable people when it comes to self-confidence and self-assurance and not in a weird, like overblown way, Mm -hmm. but she has a, a very godly, understanding of who she is Mm -hmm. I've rarely seen her be insecure and I have always seen her carry herself in like this kind of poised like I'm here to serve you but if you need me to lead you I can do both at the same time Uh, she has this way about her that she has really like at first I was like when we even when we're dating we're married I got an understanding quickly that like Heather is like she's like, she's pretty rock solid in like her personal identity. Mm-hmm. She, she's just like, she's not afraid to ask a question. Mm. She's not afraid to give a good answer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And she's just like very good at, uh, in her skin. Mm-hmm. And she has, she has taught me over the years to be better at that as a musician and as a person who's like, you know, plagued with the same thing that a lot of artists have, you know, like I want to do this thing that everybody is supposed to listen to and experience, but then I'm super insecure. Yeah. Yeah, You know what I mean? And it's Mm. like this like conflict that, you know, uh, that's like it's garden variety as they come. It's just Mm -hmm. like pretty typical. Um, But what Heather has helped me to do is like to, to still be myself, but to embrace like, Hey, it's, it's okay if this fails. If it's 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 just as it just could be just as valuable if something fails mm-hmm. as if it succeeds. Hey, when you succeed, celebrate. When you fail, man, I mean, she really is like, hey, yeah. we're 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 gonna keep moving. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And she has, you know, I, I didn't grow up thinking like that. I grew up like more of just like an artist type thing. If I would have a failure or you know like a you know something not work out, I mean, it would just wipe me out. You yeah. know, I'd just be devastated. Mm-hmm. But she's helped me to kind of like center my Mm -hmm. you know my thinking to really just be a little bit more emotionally healthy i'm still like the total drama (laughs) drama king of our relationship (laughs) but heather has Mm -hmm. given me that gift uh, as you know along with a lot of others but that's the thing like that's the first thing that comes to my mind Mm -hmm. is the way she has helped me uh see myself really just through being her Mm. 
That's great. I mean, it's, it's, it's an incredible quality yes. to come by in a wife. <laughs> so here's a question. I'm going off our questions that I came up with you guys for a minute because I know that you can handle this. But I have some friends. So you know Meredith Knox and Stacey Tarrant. Yes. Shout out. What mm-hmm, up? Right? So I have, they did a podcast with me on singleness and on dating overall. Mm-hmm. But in yeah. the singleness and dating podcast that we did, we kind of talked about how specifically sometimes women who know who they are and seem confident in themselves living out their lives project this for mm-hmm. whatever reason to a guy this um uh, like intimidation like an factor mm-hmm. yeah kind of but, vibe. but we're but they're not meaning meaning to do that and yeah. i i've even gotten that you're just too hard i wouldn't be able to lead you or whatever you know like this um Mm -hmm. idea that she's going to be hard to lead or that we're intimidating as women when we're confident in ourselves so Mm -hmm. i guess i just want to ask you carl did you feel like that and if you did how did you learn to appreciate who heather was or maybe you never felt that way i don't know i just would love to talk to a guy who is married to a woman who you're saying we met and she was self-confident yeah and, and that was that's not necessarily me. Yeah. We'll be back in just a moment. But first, let's check in with Elizabeth Harper, our in-house beauty expert, for some top trends and your weekly dose of practical advice. Hey, everybody. This is Elizabeth with Tips and Tricks for Season 4. And today I want to talk to you about how to support your husband in marriage. Um, And the first tip I have for you today is strategic prayer. So what strategic prayer means to me is when I ask my husband, how can I cover you today? Where are the areas that you're not feeling your strongest? What are some things that you want to see the Lord fulfill and do in your life right now? And then whether it's me stopping and praying with him right then or me letting him know, hey, I'm covering you today. I've got your back. That is huge. It's huge for him. And sometimes he can't always give me an answer right away. Um, And that's okay. I take it to the Lord and I ask the Lord to show me how can I, how can I be there for my husband spiritually in that day? How can I pray for him? How can I cover him? And of course, um, he is ready to show me every time, which is awesome. So, um, strategic prayer, that's tip number one. Tip number two, how can I help you have fun? So my husband is an awesome provider for our family. He is incredibly responsible, um, and just does an amazing job taking care of us. And sometimes that comes with the price of not always getting to have a lot of fun. So lately I've been asking him, Hey, what is it that you would like to do this week? That is fun for you. That is just different out of the ordinary and will help you break out of that kind of heavy responsible rut. Um, and whether that is going and doing something random with the kids, maybe your husband likes to play golf, go fishing, you know, whatever it is where you can help support him in having fun and recharging his battery. Um, I've seen huge benefits with this. It's been fun for our family. I know it's fun for my husband. So um, that's tip number two. How can I help you have fun? Tip number three, what is his love language? This is a phrase that we hear from Christians and non-Christians a lot. Um, And 
maybe you already know what your husband's love language is. If you don't, I highly, highly recommend finding out what both of your love languages are, um, but what your husband's love language is. And then whether you know it or whether you've just found it out, taking it a step further and asking your husband, okay, so what does that mean to you? What does that look like for you? Um, my husband and I are exact opposites. I am, I, I mean, I say we're opposites. We both love love, but I'm very words of affirmation and he is acts of service. And so that doesn't come as easily to me. Um, and so I had to ask him, so what does that look like for you? Like, give me some examples of what are acts of service and how, you know, how that would make you feel loved. And that helps my mind get going, um, on some other ideas and special things that I can do for him. Um, but take, you know, take it a step further, dig a little deeper, ask him what that means for him. And last, but certainly not least set the stage for sex ladies. So I remember in my twenties hearing a lot that, um, Men don't have to be wooed. Men are always ready for sex. Women have to be wooed. Um, this is not entirely true, so I have found. Um, so by setting the stage for sex, woo your husband. I mean, woo him. That can mean writing a sweet note, leaving it in the car for him, sending a spicy little text in the afternoon, nothing too risque, um, and then, you know, do something when he gets home, cater to his love language. Woo your husband. Speak to him. Speak to his love language. And then let the sparks fly. I hope y'all are having a great day. Be blessed. And I'll talk to you soon. Well, so, I have this, um, you know, I have a confession to make. I mm -hmm. mean, when we first started dating and, and like, look, you know, like just like she walks in this choir class. I didn't know she was self-confident. I did know she was real good looking. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, uh, you know, I would probably like to be friends with her, <laughs> you know? And so I, you know, I just, just started talking, she started talking to her. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, I mean, she was really pretty mm -hmm. and sometimes that's intimidating as well. Yeah. And, um, but I, I also tried to not, uh, you know, do anything but just like treat her like a human uh -huh. you know what i mean because the most most people yeah. even like powerful people like mm -hmm. smart people like mm -hmm. rich people strong people if you treat them like humans they they tend to act like humans right. you know what i mean and so i mean i just remember us talking mm -hmm. i i mean i i, I, I did flirt with her <laughs> right. you know i i you know i wanted i wanted to uh, let her know that i was interested in her and uh, we went on a date and um I mean, it was awesome. I don't, I don't remember feeling like, I remember feeling like this girl's out of my league, mm. but I don't remember thinking like this girl's out of my league. I'm, I'm not even going to try. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I don't remember yeah. thinking that either. Yeah. So I think that when I think about that situation, I think about, oh, what was that? Oh, there was a movie and she Shawshank says, Redemption. No, not that one. Notting Hill. But Notting that Hill. was really yes. Notting Hill. The one where Such she says, movie. "I'm just a girl wanting yes. a guy to love me." Standing is, is it um, Julia, Julia Roberts? Julia Roberts. Yes, Julia Hugh Grant. Roberts Hugh Grant. And, uh, Hugh Grant. Uh, Hugh Grant. That's Hugh right. No, no, Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant. This is the greatest. No, no. <laughs> same guy. No, different guy. Different guy. <laughs> um, very different. So anyway, 
but once British, mm-hmm. they're yeah, not she was a movie British, star. Right? Yeah. So all mm-hmm. that to say, I think that every girl has that. I think every person has that. Yeah. Absolutely. It's just everyone wants to be loved. It's not. Mm-hmm. And I know even talking to Meredith Knox, she said one time, and it kind of shocked me because I never saw her like this, but she said, I have a really tender heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. People don't see that because when she gets on stage and lead worship where she speaks, it's totally different. But I have felt that before. Right. Um, I don't know. The projection maybe is that we're so self confident that we don't need yeah. that we don't need anybody, but that's yeah. not the truth. Yeah. Well, nobody understands that your gift is the thing that makes you vulnerable. Mm. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, it, mm-hmm. like how how do you how do you handle a sword? It's really carefully, but not, most people aren't good at it. So if you have a if you have a strong gift, like Heather has a strong gift. She's mm-hmm. she's very you know comfortable in, as a leader and and kind of mm. occupying that space in a friend group. Well, you know, I mean. That also comes with leadership is can be lonely. Mm-hmm. Leadership yeah. can be like, you know, uh, you can be the recipient of more criticism than the rest of the group because, mm-hmm. well, you've you've been the one that's made a choice, but now you're responsible for the outcome of that choice. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, so, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it would do us all well as we relate to each other to remember that, you know, people's mm-hmm. gifts, even though they may seem huge, they all, they all come at a cost. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, Annie Freeman mm-hmm. has coined this phrase, um, what's it called? Intense fellowship. Intense fellowship. So I like that to say when she times. and her husband have an argument, they don't call it an argument. They mm-hmm. call it intense fellowship. Yeah. And um, I know that that can be hard in marriage, especially when you're yeah. trying to, we're talking about understanding your man. And I think part of the way of understanding your man the best is to learn, and even understanding your wife, of course, but to learn how to have, quote, intense fellowship well. Mm-hmm. So I would love for you guys to kind of just give us some tips on mm-hmm. when you guys have conflict, how do you do conflict yeah. well? Mm-hmm. And maybe some things to avoid in conflict. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I think it goes back to when we were first married and kind of your family of origin, mm-hmm. especially if you're listening and you're newly married or dating or anything like that, you have to learn how, how you fight. Mm-hmm. And I came from a family that was quiet and we didn't use words a lot. And, you know, sometimes we would <laughs> avoid the elephant in the living room kind mm-hmm. of thing. And I remember going over to Carl's house uh, for one of the first times. And I remember there was a TV on and it was full blast and his dad was playing the banjo and we were all sitting around a dinner table trying to have a conversation. <laughs> I was like sensory overload. <laughs> like it was amazing. But that carried over into our um, new, like when we were newly married in that we would, like his family was very, they were very verbal. They were very emotive. Mm-hmm. And so not only were we not verbal, but we were like flatlined with emotions mm-hmm. kind of thing. And he's taught me how to be on the healthy side of that coin. So mm-hmm. um, we had to learn that like, you know, he would would get, his voice would be raised, mm-hmm. but sometimes it was just because he was, it felt really strongly about something. It was, he was not yelling at me. And I would think, you stop yelling at me. You're hurting my feelings. And then I would retreat and withdraw. Mm. And it was this vicious cycle. And so one of the things we did early on in our marriage, we've done a, several times in our marriage, is we've paid for good counseling. Mm. And I think it's some of the best money um, that we've spent. I think it's good to get um, a, you know, a reputable counselor, not just you know anybody you can find right. in the, you know, online, but, um, we found some really good counselors and it really helped us in our marriage. But then as we learned how to fight well, I think, and you can add it this way, but I think another thing that I've done is that, um, we pick when we discuss things Mm -hmm. and this kind of started happening as we had kids 
and as our lives became more full mm-hmm. that um, I noticed one of the things is that like when he came home from work or when he came home from being gone, I would want to process things right then and talk about things. If there's any kind of issue or anything like that, that's when I want to talk about it. That was the worst time for him. Because you were waiting all day. I had been You'd waiting. You'd already worked it out in your mind. Absolutely. <laughs> but it was not fair to him because it was not like a life or death situation where we had to discuss it right then. He was not at his freshest, and then he was carrying with him whatever weight from the day. And honestly, he was just tired. And I think about when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, mm-hmm. he was hungry and he was tired. Mm-hmm. And I think real practically, if you're hungry or you're tired, you shouldn't have a intense fellowship like mm-hmm. Amy would say. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't know if you have anything to add to that. Well, but. I mean, it's just, it's just a good thing to remember. And Heather, Heather's done this for me. And, you know, I also know when I've got to give back in this, but like at, at the end of my day, I am ready to stop talking at the very same time, she's ready to start talking. Yeah, it's, <laughs> true. it's just true story. you're you're mm-hmm. almost the way that the industrial revolution made it yes. be. You're set up to fail. Yeah. you know what I yeah. mean. And so and so for me, like what, where our best conversations are happening more and more is that we wake up early, mm-hmm. yeah, and we go on a walk and we talk, yeah. mm-hmm. and that fills up her tank. And I'm able to offer her something because sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, you come in the door at the end of the day. And I mean, this has happened to us a bunch. She's like, tell me all about your day. And I was like, it was just the most ordinary day you could imagine living because it was, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And in my mind, like I haven't been keeping a record of all of the things that happened to me that day. That's not the way my mind works. Mm-hmm. And she has learned to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to give them, I'm going to give them 90 minutes. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? After dinner. Uh, we can talk then. Or, yeah, something like that. Yeah. It's just it just helps me to to settle down. Or we both have decided to say versus sleeping an, another forty five minutes. Mm-hmm. We're gonna cash. We're gonna cash those forty five minutes in. Mm-hmm. We're gonna wake up and we're gonna go on a walk together, or we're gonna go to the gym together. Mm-hmm. And even if it's just like riding in the car mm-hmm. to wherever we're going, if we go to the gym or, or going on a walk, we we go on about a three mile walk three times a week. Mm-hmm. I don't, we don't necessarily, you know, just like have these mind blowing conversations, mm-hmm. but it's space. Those things it space. provide space mm-hmm. and those conversations accumulate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't, you cannot like accelerate the accumulation of time and, and time spent in a, in a relationship. Mm-hmm. You just have to do it a minute at a time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it is like putting money in the bank. You right. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It accumulates on mm-hmm. you. And, and, th- and that's just one way that, we have figured out, like, when, you know, arguing, thankfully, is, is not something that we do a lot. I will say this to those of you who are out there struggling, um, if it's like a, you know, I, I won the lottery with Heather when it comes to just like the intersection of two people who really just get along. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I, I hope it doesn't come across feeling like, oh, that's so easy. Uh, for For us, it has been, you know, somewhat natural mm-hmm. and I'm th- I'm just thankful for that. That's mm-hmm. one of God's graces in my life. Yeah. I think being in ministry and God calling me to do a difficult thing and sometimes move my family here and there and do different things and sometimes be on the road, stuff like that. One of the graces God has given me is that my spouse and I get along really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, easy. So that's God's grace. Mm-hmm. But I will say that like we've had we've had multiple times we gotta go to counseling. Mm-hmm. We're not doing mm-hmm. as well as we could. Mm-hmm. 
this and being able to name that as a reality. Mm -hmm. And then like, I mean, the reason that we don't do well at things is because we don't ask for help. Mm -hmm. And like, if I need tools, I didn't come out of the womb, like with it all sorted out, you know, I mean, again, like, I mean, I grew up, you know, our family, I mean, we, we, we had just different versions of not being healthy. You know what, you know what I mean? We all do. Yeah. yeah. That's everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody listening to this is in the same boat. That's yeah. that's no surprise to me or anybody. It shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. But getting tools mm-hmm. to work. And yeah. I mean And that's what they're trained for. That, and I love that you said we weren't doing as well as we could. So mm-hmm. you weren't saying we were crashed and burned about to, you know, like yeah. it, we you didn't don't wait till the house yes. is on fire to start. Right. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where a lot of people that I've heard is, oh my gosh, our marriage isn't that bad. Yep. You know what? That bad mm-hmm. is not the time to go to marriage right. counseling. Because mm-hmm. I mean, you should still do it then. But I'm just saying, if you wait until then, it's going right. to be a lot harder. A lot harder. And yeah. I know also, people, we all change. We're not the same person. I'm not the same person now as I was when I was first married. And so if I'm not having conversation with Clayton, like you guys making the effort to get Mm -hmm. up and have conversation, you have four kids, you both have jobs and you're doing homeschool. Mm -hmm. So let's get real. Your lives are busy. Mm -hmm. It's not like you're just sitting around rocking and rocking chairs. You are having to make an effort to get up and take Mm -hmm. a walk and talk to each other. But it's important because you know that you're going to change as people and you guys need to know how the other person's changing. Yeah. yeah, and who they're becoming, right? And take note of that, or else it's going to be a year down the road, and you're like, "What? I thought you yeah. dot dot dot." Well, mm-hmm. no, that changed. I've kind of the Lord's been well, doing something. And I, you brought you brought up you know the four kids, and I and, and and I know you're you're in this season too, but I feel like it's important to say to people who have very young kids mm-hmm. that you you are never in a more difficult season. Um, than you are when you have very young kids who are high demand. Right. And so like the high demand that your kids impose upon your marriage is, yes. is an is an even greater like thing to just say, even if it even if it's five minutes, mm-hmm. you have to you have to build that space because I mean I mean we had we had we had five kids uh, or four kids, excuse me, <laughs> in five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, four kids in five years, and there was a time where I had three in diapers and 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 two that didn't walk, and it was just like, I look at pictures of myself back then, and I'm like, I, I don't <laughs> even know how I was, a, a yeah. while, how was I even awake at any given time. Yeah. It was so so hard. Mm-hmm. So, for people that are in that season, I know that is unbelievably hard. Yeah. My encouragement, my challenges to you is is number one that thing will not last forever. So don't give yourself a hundred percent to that season. Mm-hmm. Because it's going to be over quick. Right. Uh, that season is over for us. My my, my oldest child is seven, mm-hmm. and he gives him uh, my youngest child is seven. He gives himself a bath. He puts his own shoes on. He goes mm-hmm. to school. But you know, it's it's yep. fantastic. But for those who are in that season, like keep your head up mm-hmm. and make make sure that even in those times, don't forsake date night. Right. Mm-hmm. Don't forsake conversations. <laughs> uh, don't forsake those things. You know, I spent more money yep, on, on babysitters. In the first, you know, five, six years that we had kids. I mean, mm-hmm. it was a ton of Ridiculous. money. Ridiculous. I saved extra money. Why? So I could leave the house mm-hmm. without without my kids. Mm-hmm. We paid, we would pay a babysitter to go on a run together, which yeah. is ridiculous. But yeah. we, we needed to, you know, other, the other thing we did is different seasons we had to cultivate, like 
things that we did together. Like I see so many of our, my friends are like, well, I have bunko night or I have this girl's night or we have this that going on. But like we invest way more in our friendships and our mm-hmm. kids than we do our marriages. But friendships change. Mm-hmm. Your kids are going to leave, mm-hmm. but you're going to be married. Yeah. Hopefully God willing to the same person until one of you dies. Why would you not put all of you, I mean, or the most amount of yeah. energy, time, resources into that relationship. So good. Mm-hmm. So Heather, what would you say that your um, biggest way that you build Carl up is besides words? Like, what would you say that you do to strengthen him the most? <laughs> this might be PG-13. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> okay. We could go there. I thought about it already. Okay. But. Well, I mean, let's. if I'm just going to be really practical I think sex speaks to a man and mm-hmm. not just to a man, but a woman too. And that it, it, if that part of your relationship is not working, then other things cannot work as well. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm not trying to be like um, insensitive or anything like that, but if that's an area that you need help in, there's also, we had counseling in that area as well. Mm-hmm. There are also people that can help you with that, but that that was created mm-hmm. to be a, it, not just a physical act of intimacy, but there's something that that then there's a reason why God wanted us to wait for marriage for that because mm-hmm. you connect when you connect with someone physically in that way, your souls connect and mm-hmm. you connect in that way and you just you can't neglect that part of your relationship and mm-hmm. say we're gonna it, it's like saying I'm gonna exercise all the time but I'm gonna eat Doritos every day mm-hmm. you're still gonna be unhealthy mm-hmm. and so that's a part of marriage that's a really healthy good, fun, Mm -hmm. everything about it was created by the Lord and the world has tried to pervert that for us. And so that's been something that we've just invested in and we've made time and, and, and and there have been seasons where it's like, you've got to put this on the calendar Mm -hmm. and we've got to create space for this. And it doesn't seem very romantic, romantic at all. How um, did you put that on the calendar? What did you say? What what was the title? It might've just been a dot. I think I used like a, like a color, (laughs) a dot. Speaking of when any emojis, yeah, no, there are some emojis. (laughs) Apparently we're not not supposed to be using, and I just don't do any foods because I'm yeah. hearing <laughs> I'm hearing that right now some of these emojis say no. things that you don't intend. No, so no, stay no away. <laughs> but all that to say, um, yeah, like so right after we had Jacob, I mm-hmm. went to counseling. I had postpartum. The yeah. counselor asks me, are you guys having sex? And mm-hmm. I'm like, who are you to be right. asking me that? <laughs> Personal. Yeah. But my defensive, my defensiveness showed my showed myself, my own defensiveness inside my heart when he asked that question yeah. showed me that I was mad, but it wasn't because he asked, it was because I'd let that go. Yeah. But there were a lot of reasons for that. Sure. And he needed to bring me back yeah. to that place mm-hmm. to where we could enjoy that again. And there are a lot of reasons why. Biblically, we need to have sex, but there's also scientific things that happen in your body that cause you to to unify with a husband or wife in that Mm -hmm. way that is very healthy. And I know that one of them for women is when you have sex with your husband, it allows you to forgive him for Mm -hmm. like the let go of some of the like things that you're mad about. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know that. I read that there's this chemical Mm -hmm. release that allows you to connect and like to let things go, Mm -hmm. which I think is great. I've never really, I'm not really the one that says let's have makeup sex. I have to like diffuse a little bit before I like say, (laughs) okay, let's have sex now. But I know that some people do that and I'm like, okay, that's weird, but do it if you love it. I'm just saying sometimes sex 
can be something we put on the back burner either because, yeah. quote, we get bored, we're uncomfortable, we don't feel good about ourselves, right. all these things, we don't have time. Mm-hmm. If you're not... If you're not, if you don't have time, figure out how to make time. Yeah. If it's making you uncomfortable, talk to someone about why. Yeah. yeah. If it's physically, someone, a doctor, you may need to talk to a doctor. Right. And if it's emotional, it may be counseling that you need. And this right. counselor told me, put it on your calendar. I said, but that's not romantic. And he said, right. well, it's not romantic to never have it. Right. And right. I was right. like, yeah. oh, you're yeah. right. Absolutely. Yeah. So he said, if you have it on a calendar, you're looking forward to being together. And then once you get over that, not excuse the I'm trying to think of a better word but once you get over the hump of not having sex <laughs> wow then you're, then you're there you're there and it's already done you know yeah um I had the barrier this speed bump I don't know there's no way doing it. okay so Carl yeah. let's hear you laugh right now no so we I have to say this real quick so mm-hmm. this is like a real practical tip in that area that Can't since we've already I know what you're gonna <laughs> I know what you're gonna say you you know what I'm going to say, hopefully, but um, we are both like, we love challenges. And so when we had you our last on. kid, we heard, I don't know where we heard it. We cannot take credit for this, but it's called a hundred day dash. And it was just a challenge of like, Hey, what if you had sex with your spouse every day for a hundred days? And it was one of those things where like, yep, we're going to do that. And it was one of the best things as it relates to communicating mm-hmm. with your spouse that I feel like we've ever done for yeah. our marriage. Fellas, if your wife brings that idea up, say yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it may not ever happen again. <laughs> yeah, I just need an So, Carl, what would you say? Um, what would you say? How how do you receive things from Heather the best? Like, what do you think? Or what have you seen overall wives doing for their husbands? It doesn't have to be Heather. But what are some ideas you think that women can can do to build up their husbands? Yeah, you know. Obviously, I besides mean, words and sex. Yeah, we're, I mean, well, I mean, the, se- the sex thing is a real, is a real yeah. thing. Uh, it's, um, um, it's not a bargaining chip. You know, it's mm-hmm. not something to be used as, as currency. It's, it's a relationship builder. But it, it is always um, emotionally and, and mentally, um, it's, it always helps me uh i think more more than wait that. wait wait can i stop you why does it help you can like we're trying to understand men here right so yeah. tell me what it is about sex that helps you because i trust you guys yeah. and i and you're a christian man yeah and i trust you yeah. so what is it about sex with your wife that makes you feel built up as a husband yeah well you know i mean i, I can I mean, Heather's right, right beside me. You know, I'm not at all worried about saying this, but we we live in an amazingly over sexualized culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, sex is just ubiquitous. It's just like forced upon you from from the kind of clothes that people wear to the kind of images that you just see on like regular TV. You know, mm-hmm. what used to be like, you know, like you know, when I was a kid, you would never see anything like that. Now it's just it's everywhere, and mm-hmm. so. I'm a visual person. I am a sexual person, you know, and um, in a practical sense, just being able to remember that sex and sexuality is not not about objectifying a person or, uh, you know, looking at things for my own self. It's about a deep relational connection uh, with another, uh, with my spouse. Mm-hmm. And um, that, I mean, it truly helps reorient my perspectives on that and, and it also is a physical release mm-hmm. that 
you need changes my yeah. perspective. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Take a deep breath. Um, your life and uh, your outlook. I mean, it, I mean, it's. I mean, it's not unlike a drug. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I mean, it it, it it changes you, but it's not just. It, it is a. It is a comprehensive experience. Mm-hmm. You know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, soul your mind, mind. your strength. That. Uh, that is a comprehensive, and, and sex is a comprehensive experience in the human body God ordained. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so you feel it in your soul. You think about things in your mind. You feel it in your body. Your heart is emotionally connected. It's a comprehensive experience. And so when I'm able to do that with Heather, it, it helps me on every level. I love that. I love that. And... I'm guessing that she's first, like it keeps, not that sex keeps her first, but that, that experience with your wife, like when you guys make that something that you do together, you're like all of this other stuff that I see, it's nothing compared to her. It's amazing. She's who I want. I don't want all of this. You could throw all of that at me all day. Mm -hmm. I know that you're trying to, you know, Mm -hmm. the enemy is trying to throw us things to mess up our marriage. But I think that when we enjoy one another in that comprehensive way that you're talking about, we remember who's first and we don't forget who's first. I remember that my husband is first. He's Mm -hmm. the one I desire. Not all of these things that the enemy is trying to tempt me with. He is my desire. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, that's a heavy note to end on. <laughs> Carl, do you have a joke? Yes, I sure do. Uh, this podcast has been brought to you by... Nah, I'm not <laughs> um, but I do I do want to thank you guys. That was deep. We totally went into some things that I wasn't expecting, but I do love. Yeah. And I trust you guys to offer mm-hmm. sure. your, um, your word on that. So I'm so thankful for you. Um, so I want to thank you officially for being on Overcoming Monday for the first time. Um, I know that you've given our listeners some secrets for their big breakthrough and um hopefully your love tanks are full maybe you'll go have some sex tonight (laughs) who knows uh but before you leave would you guys share how they can get in contact with you may you know with your all the things that you're doing you guys just share your um different social media connections and websites and stuff like that sure um instagram at heb carty h-e-b-c-a-r-t-e-e and then facebook heather lookadoo carty and uh, you can email me, Carl, at carlcarty.com, um, the fellowship worship residency.org is uh, the wor- where you can um, check out the worship residency that I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're interested, you can apply there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, all social media uh, platforms, um, Carl Carty. Okay. And Carl, if they wanted to be, tell, them, tell someone a little bit what they would do if they were part of the fellowship worship residency. Yeah, okay, so the Fellowship Worship Residency, we develop people on three levels, musicianship, relationship, and uh, discipleship. Mm-hmm. So um, it's the curriculum is built over a year where we give you active opportunities to lead worship in, uh, in our church body across our campuses, and then you get instant feedback and instant development uh, of, of how, the, how you're doing and what you're doing. And then during the week, it's two days a week, so uh, it's residential there in Nashville, so there's time to have another job, but two days a week, uh, the first day of the week, you work with me on discipleship, like the why behind the what worship. a worship leader is doing. And then the other day of the week, you work with our team on how, like okay. communication, like, like how do you, 
what do you do when you're not singing? What do you say when you're not singing? Mm. Uh, music theory, um, musicianship, you take uh, private instrument and private voice lessons. Uh, so it really is, to use the word from a minute ago, a, a comprehensive thing. I want, I want people to develop on, uh, on those three levels because uh, musicianship, you don't need to be the winner of a, American Idol, but you can't be in the comedy rounds either. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You have to be good at what you're doing. So we help people with that. Discipleship. Uh, this is this, this is not a stage to perform from. It's a platform to influence from. And how are you stewarding your influence? You have to know the scriptures on a soul level in order to be able to transfer that to somebody mm-hmm. else so that you can help somebody else see Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then finally, in a relationship, nobody, nobody lasts very long at all, isolated and alone, mm-hmm. especially right. in ministry. Yeah, and so yeah. we do we do all of this stuff in the context of community. So yeah. that's what you would experience uh, over the course of a year. It's basically like two college semesters. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. And then you get to live with Carl and Heather, right? Uh, well, no, something, I'm just something like <laughs> False. that. Um, <laughs> and also... Um, Heather is a Mary Kay consultant, so if you need some Mary Kay, you can contact her. She's on she's HCRT on the Mary Kay website, and she will give you all the advice you need. Thanks. And they they support their family this way. So you can contact her, and she is super sweet and super awesome, and she will get you your stuff on time. That's right. All right. We love you, Overcoming Monday listeners. Um, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll talk to you next week.